Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Well, good morning. I invite you to join me again in prayer. Loving God who invites us to cast our cares upon you, we do thank you for your deep care for us. Thank you for loving us enough to want us to be transformed into the image of your son and to be conformed to him. God, I pray that this morning as we gather in worship and prayer and attending to your word, this would be part of that transformational process in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, over the past couple of weeks, we have looked at one another's statements from Scripture, specifically the New Testament, where we find 100 times that writers implore us as brothers and sisters in Christ to behave in a certain way to and with one another. And we see that these one another kinds of behaviors can catalyze healthy and whole relationships. We think about chemical reactions that might be sped along by a catalyst, and these one another commands help us maybe not react to each other so much as to respond to and with one another well. One anothering, as the Bible instructs us to do, can, can be a potent antidote to the othering that our society so often invites us to do, this, this marginalization, the dehumanization of the people around us. We saw that many of these 100 one another commands focus on unity. We're called to be united to and with one another. We're called to embrace one another fully as brothers and sisters in Christ, seeing the place of each person among us, valuable and valued members of the body. We know that if we are not united, there are things that can get us off track, off track from our mission that will prevent us, get in the way of us knowing God well and following Jesus and serving our neighbors well. Prevent us from our mission to share the love of Christ and the good news of the gospel of Jesus. It's important that we are united to one another. We saw, too, that we are called to be humble with one another. We're invited not only to welcome brothers and sisters into our midst, to recognize their place, but to even have the guts, the humility to say to each other, no, you, you take the better and higher place. To give each other that place of honor and to put others' needs even ahead of our own. This morning, we'll look at a third theme that's threaded throughout these one anothering commands of the New Testament. We see again and again that we are called to care for one another. This idea of caring for one another well shows up in many different places and ways, especially in the letters, the epistles of the New Testament. Paul writes to the Galatians, bear one another's burdens. And to the church in Thessalonica, comfort one another with the hope of resurrection in Christ. James says we ought to pray for one another. And Peter reminds us to be hospitable to one another. We express care to and for one another when we ease each other's burdens. When we come alongside those who mourn, 
when we lift each other up in prayer, and when we open our homes and offer hospitality in other ways to each other. All of our actions that somehow communicate, I I see you, you matter to me, the things you're going through are important to me. Your suffering is suffering that, our sh- that I share. All of these express care for one another through our words and actions. As we learn from our teacher and role model, Jesus Christ, we see that we follow a Lord who cares. If we look at the accounts of the Gospels, we see again and again that Jesus is on his way somewhere and then stops in his tracks. He encounters someone with a particular need, and he's moved by compassion, moved by a caring heart, and so he stops. And more often than not, he responds in some way that demonstrates his care in tangible ways. When Jesus traveled to the village of Bethany, fully knowing that he was about to raise his friend Lazarus from the dead, he was still deeply moved by the sorrow and anguish that he encountered among Lazarus' sisters and their friends. We read in John 11, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Excuse me. So here we encounter this famous shortest verse of the Bible. Jesus wept. Those two words capture the the anguish of spirit that Jesus was going through as he encountered the pain and sorrow of the people around him and responded to it. He deeply felt for his friends, and his care for them came out in tears even before his care was expressed in resurrection power for his friend Lazarus. John tells us in this account that many mourners had come from Jerusalem to comfort the sisters and to grieve with them. Now, this concept of of mourning with those who mourn is not only an instruction for followers of Jesus, but was then and now deeply ingrained in Jewish society and culture. The reference, the Jewish way in death and mourning, describes the Jewish practice of sitting shiva this way. Shiva, which literally is the number seven in Hebrew, is the week-long mourning period in Judaism for close relatives. The ritual is referred to as sitting shiva in English. The shiva period lasts for seven days following burial. 
Following the initial period of despair and lamentation immediately after death, Shiva embraces a time when individuals discuss their loss and accept the comfort of others. During the period of Shiva, mourners remain at home. Friends and family visit them to give their condolences and to provide comfort. The process, dating back to biblical times, formalizes the natural way an individual confronts and overcomes grief. Shiva allows for the individual to express their sorrow, discuss the loss of a loved one, and slowly prepare to re-enter society. End of quote. It's a beautiful picture of allowing time for care and comfort to be both offered and received. This idea of offering and receiving care through words and actions is what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he wrote to the church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 1, we read, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance from the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Paul says that as Christians care for one another, as they offer comfort to one another, they become conduits of the same care and comfort we ourselves have received from God. We don't offer care from an empty tank. Or if we do, we might be prone to not be so great at it. It's important for us to stop and recognize how God has cared for us, how God has comforted us, provided for us, to imagine ourselves in the hands of our Heavenly Father, to be comforted and protected by the Good Shepherd we read of in Psalm 23. And then we can allow that same care and comfort encouragement and blessing to flow from us to those around us. We give one another what we have been given by God. Paul writes, the God of all comfort comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Our brothers and sisters, as we care for them, receive God's comfort through us, by his mercy. Jesus told the story of a Samaritan traveler who encountered a man bloody and beaten beside the road. And this traveler cared for the wounded man with all the means at his disposal. In this parable from Luke 10, which was read earlier, we actually never hear a word from the man who was rescued that day rescued by someone who chose to be a neighbor to him that day. We never find out what he says or if he even said thank you. 
The care in this story is pretty much a one-way street, but Jesus tells it to demonstrate what it means to be a neighbor who demonstrates care. And sometimes our acts of one-anothering care will, will be like that. They'll be relatively one-way and perhaps even anonymous. But there are other times that conduit of care runs in both directions. When we talk about burdens being shared, we can think of that in two senses of the word. First of all, we can summon up what sometimes takes the guts to share our burdens, to express them in words, to tell people about them, assuming and trusting that the people we're telling care enough to want to know, to want to know what's burdening us, what's weighing us down. And then those burdens are shared as those loads are distributed among the body, among brothers and sisters who help shoulder the loads so that no one has to bear difficult burdens alone. We shoulder one another's burdens as we listen well to one another, listen carefully, listen and respond with empathy and sympathy, truly and deeply feeling for one another and then responding in any way we can to ease and share the load of those who are suffering, who are going through a difficult time, physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. There will be times then that we won't really be able to do anything tangible. There will be times we wish we could, wish we could respond in some way and help make someone's burdens and challenges go away. But we always have an opportunity to be present to and with one another. There'll be times that words don't even come easily, or at all, and we'll discover the value of simply being with one another. I'm so grateful for those here at Bethany who are involved in our care ministries. Pastor Diane Stevenson heads up our care ministries, including our prayer connections. At Bethany, we believe that prayer actually matters. And so we commit ourselves to prayer. We take seriously the opportunity, the responsibility to be lifting one another up in prayer, to express care by praying for one another, by asking, how can I be praying for you this week? And then following through and being sure to pray. We offer prayers of petition and intercession on behalf of one another, pouring out our hearts to God on behalf of someone else, Asking God to respond with mercy, with love, and with power in the life of those around us. And so as was mentioned earlier, if, you've, if you would ever like to get a prayer request to the pastors or to our prayer team, please use those communication connection cards in the, in the pews or find that connect tab online. We would be honored to pray for you. And if you'd like to be prayed for in person, any of our pastors or many who are gathered here would be honored to take time to sit with you and pray with you and for you or to find a time to pray with you over the phone during the week. Janet Carlson leads our congregational care team. I love how this team looks out to make sure that no one is overlooked, that those who find themselves homebound or less able to physically be with us still find themselves connected and cared for. This team is diligent in, in sending notes and making phone calls and emails and visits 
to make sure people can experience the care of the body, even if they can't be quite as connected as perhaps they once were or would like to be. And this is another group that is deeply committed to expressing care through prayer. And then finally, our Stephen ministry team is made up of trained individuals who are committed to walking alongside individual brothers and sisters who are going through a difficult, challenging season in their lives. Those who have suffered the loss of a loved one or who have encountered other life losses and challenges, those who have found their world turned upside down, who have found the rug pulled out from them, who need personal, loving care from a trustworthy church friend are among those who have reached out and found the help of a care minister. And so if you're interested in hearing more about this ministry, whether it's to see if it's a place you might be able to serve or if you're finding perhaps that you are at a place where you could use someone to walk alongside you in the journey, I invite you to connect with Rich Lowry who heads up that ministry. If you talk to anyone involved in these ministries, you'll find that even as they offer care, they find themselves incredibly blessed. They find they get so much out of opportunities to pour into the lives of others with that same comfort and encouragement that God has poured into their lives. They find themselves humbly blessed and richly refreshed, even when it can be tough going. Because caring is not always easy. Caring takes time. There are times when we offer care that we'll we'll also need to remember those one another calls to humility, those calls to put others first. It can be challenging to offer deep care without somehow setting aside something of our own, to miss out on something. I had a conversation this week with a member who said, Pastor Ben, I'm sorry I wasn't here last Sunday. I was, I was helping another one of our members get to the chapel service at her uh, living community. I said, well, you may have missed the service, but you were living out the sermon, so thank you. It's going to take time and effort, humility, intentionality for us to care for one another well. Caring for others rarely happens by accident. We won't often find ourselves just sort of accidentally really blessing and helping somebody through a tough time or overcome a challenge, accidentally carrying and shouldering the burdens of those around us. It takes intentionality. It takes us listening and caring enough to ask, how can I help? It takes us being willing to share, here's how you can help me. In the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus said, this Samaritan happened to be going down the same road, but the rest of what happened was no accident. The man's life was not saved by accident. His needs weren't met by accident. The Samaritan chose to care, chose to be a neighbor. And this intentionality matters. Caring for one another really and deeply matters. Because there are times when we all go through life and 
things are going okay. And we may end up basically kind of looking the same from the outside. But there are also times when people are going through or have gone through things that we can't see, things we wouldn't be aware of from the outside in. There are times people receive hard news. There are scars that people have that are only visible on the inside. Childhood traumas. There are disappointments. Unpleasant and unwelcome surprises that people experience. There's loneliness. Loss of a job. Loss of a loved one. Lost opportunities to feel like someone fits in or has something to offer. People go through a lot. And as you can imagine, they might have trouble having the spark they once did, at least for a time. As we come alongside them and offer care, it really matters. I want you to think of opportunities you'll have this week. Be on the lookout for opportunities you have to, to hold someone in your hand the same way that God is holding you. Be on the lookout. Be ready. I think God will use us if we ask him. And be ready to have enough trust to ask for care as well. Give someone an opportunity to, to prove their trustworthiness, to work at their trustworthiness as we care for offering and receiving care for and with one another. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we think about how you care for us, and it can seem like maybe too, too simple a word. We think of your deep, deep love for us, but we do recognize how you demonstrate that through care, through providing for our needs, through hearing us when we pray and cry out to you, for walking beside us through difficult times. God, even as we have been cared for, would you show us how to care well for one another, to demonstrate kindness, compassion, to listen well and to respond as best we can. And God, for those of us bearing burdens, even today that we're not meant to be born alone, would you... Give us the courage to ask for help, to share those burdens and concerns that they may truly be shared, that the load might be lifted, that we'd have opportunities to be the body of Christ, members supporting and caring for one another. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.